This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Franchise Tag Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Eric, and it's just me today. Haven't spoken to you guys in a very long time. I think about two and a half weeks or so. But, you know, life comes around, vacations, work, you know all that stuff. But um, I'm so excited to be back. I'm so excited to talk about what's been going on in the NFL Ever since I last spoke to you guys, not a lot of news has broken out from the last time I spoke to you, um, but as of right now, training camp is officially underway, which means the NFL is officially here. Um, news gets broken out every, every other day, every day, basically, and um, I'm so excited. You know, man, these rookies are coming in. They just signed their new contracts, and the veterans are coming in, and you know, new players that have signed long-term deals with different teams and massive contract extensions. It's very exciting to hear about these things because I like to see... Um, how these players get acquainted with their new teams and how they're going to fit the scheme of things. And, you know, I'm just ready for this regular season to come around. Um, I've been waiting for a very long time, and so have you. Um, but, you know, I'm so excited for football season to be back. Fantasy's coming up soon, and it's all coming into fruition, all coming into full swing. Um, so without further ado, let's jump into it. Like I mentioned before, I have a lot to cover so the first thing I wanted to talk about, and it's kind of biased because I am a New York Giants fan, um, so I wanted to talk about the New York football Giants today, and I'm sure a lot of you have heard the news that has been coming out in the past few days, and I have a lot to cover from them in general, and then i got to cover everything else that's going on around the league as well. But to kind of start this off, I wanted to mention um, what's been going on since training camp started for the Giants. So a lot of injuries have occurred, but I wanted to start off um, with their wide receiving core, which a lot of injuries have happened to them, but I wanted to begin with Golden Tate's situation. Now, Golden Tate isn't injured. He has been suspended for the first four games of the NFL season um, due to substance abuse policy or performance-enhancing um, abuse policy, I should say. Uh, and he came out with a statement pretty much right away that said um, it was for fertility planning, and he did not know the substance in that was going to be a banned substance um, when he got tested. So he is going to appeal that suspension, and he says there's a very good chance that he may not, may not even be suspended at all, which is a good thing. Um, but what's upsetting is a lot of backlash has come out towards Golden Tate because um, he should know exactly what he's been putting in his body, and he should know what are the banned substances in the league and whatever. But think about this, okay? It's fertility planning. All the guy wants is to have a kid, okay? And he's gotten a lot of support from a lot of other fans around the league as well, um, including myself, and hopefully um, he does not get suspended at all. But here's the big picture, picture, okay? And this is what I get really angry about. You have guys like Tyreek Hill, Zeke Elliott, and Kareem Hunt who have gone into trouble with the league mostly due to their actions off the field, um, especially with domestic violence issues um, that they've had to deal with. And Roger Goodell, it looks to me right now, not any of those guys, out of all three of them, will be receiving any form of punishment for what they did. And mind you, yes, Zeke Elliott spent, um, he, he spent his six-game suspension last year. He, he went through it. It's over. He can do whatever he wants now, but he's got some issues um, with the music festival, altercations, and bar altercations, and whatever. He served that suspension for domestic violence, okay? But you have that where hopefully no one has forgotten. He served that six-game suspension way into the season. We found out about this issue around August, I would say, early August, and way into the season, towards the end of the season, I might add is when he received that six-game suspension, and he came back, I think, for about week 17 or something like that, later in the season. So he was back for maybe one or two games, maybe week 16 he was back. So that's an issue within itself. Moving forward, though, Tyreek Hill looks like he will not be receiving any suspension for his actions, even though there is proof in the audio tape what he has said to his significant other, and, you know, apparently he was... And he was very abusive towards her and his child. But supposedly none of that's ever happened. But he won't be receiving any form of suspension for that. Okay. A lot of backlash towards that. But it doesn't end there. Kareem Hunt, right? Here's a guy who, with video evidence, everything's there. 
there can't be any speculation like Zeke or Tyreek Hill where there's a chance there that maybe none of that has happened and he's in the right. Sure, that could be argued. Kareem Hunt, there was a video that came out from TMZ of him kicking this girl. You know, he was she was calling him derogatory names. Yes, um, you you could you know that's proven obviously, but you don't kick a woman. You don't lay hands on a woman. That is very clear. And in the video, he kicks her, shoves her out of the way, whatever, right? And you thought that was enough. Unfortunately, not. So. He gets kicked off the Chiefs, which I've spoken to on this podcast, you know, with my friends and to you guys, that the best thing the Chiefs could have done in that scenario. And those guys were red hot coming into the season. Pat Mahomes is on fire. Tyree Kill is on fire. Kareem Hunt is having the, a career year, gets kicked off the team, shipped away to straight to the couch. He's not on a team. And then eventually the Browns pick him up, which could be questionable. A lot of people say, why do people, you know, why do NFL teams, I should say, tend to pick up those players right away, even though it could help their team? How come, knowing their circumstances and what they did, you bring them in and without hesitation? It's never even a thought. You just think, I know this guy's talent, I want to bring him in. And you can't blame them for thinking that. But at the same time, they're willing to take the sacrifice of a suspension or a fine or anything before even considering the fact you want this guy on your team. So now it turns into that. And I know I'm, you know, going on and on about this scenario here. But back to Golden Tate. I mean, before I get to Golden Tate, let me finish with Cream Hunt. He's now on the Browns. And it looks to me he's not going to be serving any suspension either, like I mentioned before. So he looks like to be he's going to be in full swing for this season. He gets a fresh new start, and we know how talented that guy is. And he's, you know, for everything that's come out about him, and he's had open apologies, he's been in interviews, and things that society will not let slide, the NFL and Roger Goodell will let slide. Great. So none of these guys look to be in any form of trouble. And then we got Golden Tate, like I mentioned before. I wanted to get back to him, where he was doing fertility planning fertility planning and it's a shame that he gets the four game suspension without any thought just because it's so directly to that policy that he must be suspended but for domestic violence the nflpa the nfl in general and roger goodell can't seem to put together how are we going to discipline these guys for these actions but right away know how to you know punish a guy for taking a substance that he isn't aware of. And mind you, there's a lot of players that tend to lie and say they weren't aware of what's in there, blah, blah, blah. But I am going to trust, you know, Golden Tate and be in the benefit of the doubt of him because he came out with a statement right away and it was for a very good reason. And he's even come out and said he's done nothing wrong in his full career. He's done great with the Seahawks. He went to the Lions. He was a guy on his own and he was performing very well. He gets traded to the Eagles. He tries to be the best he can be and he's showing that I'm so glad I'm here. Like, he's embracing it. He's embracing that he got traded. He's later on in his career. He's still got some talent left. He signs a long-term deal with the Giants after the Odell Beckham Jr. deal. And this happens. And honestly, I hope the NFL comes to, you know, terms on this and sees that he wasn't doing anything wrong in this scenario and he doesn't deserve to be suspended. Same thing with Taylor Lewan here. I mean, that can be argued a little more. Maybe he should have, you know read substances a little more and saw what was illegal and what wasn't but he t even took a lie detector test he's done nothing wrong in his career and he's, sh he's showing that hey I've always played the game right I put everything I have towards this game and I get suspended these four games and it all comes back to those three guys I mentioned before Zeke, Tyreek Hill and Kareem Hunt who received no punishment for those type of things it's a little ridiculous and I'm going to leave it there for the Golden Tate situation because I firmly believe this guy is going to be off the hook and if he is not I'll be come I'll come right back turn this microphone on and tell you guys that the NFL has no idea what they're doing and I'll talk about it for another hour if you want me to but again I have a lot more to cover not only in the NFL but the Giants let's go back to the receiving core Golden Tate's out of the way let's talk about Sterling Shepard okay he is coming into a year where Odell is out of the way, 
it's he has the spotlight again Golden Tate he's later on in his career he signs a long-term deal but he can learn from him and Sterling Shepard's been doing everything right up to this point you know receiving wise you know team wise and he's just an all-around role model and great guy he gets hurt um, with a broken thumb it seemed to be the Giants said it wouldn't be um, serious it looks more minor he'll be back in a couple weeks um, but it seems to be very serious considering he is a wide receiver where you use your hands 98% of the time, I would say. Um, so that's a bummer to see. Hopefully he will be back. Hopefully these reports are right, um, especially since it's training camp. They got some time, um, but again, time is running out. So let's jump into more of their wide receiver core. Darius Slayton, their fifth-round pick, is also injured, I believe, with a hamstring injury. Then we have Corey Coleman, who signed a one-year deal with the Giants in the offseason, which I was very happy about considering he was thrown around the league after, you know, a bad Browns team weren't sure what they were doing with, you know, their team whatsoever. So Corey Coleman gets the bad end of the stick where he goes to the Bills, they release him, goes to the, the Patriots, and then Josh Gordon comes in, they release him, Giants pick him up, they use him a little bit, you know, he really wasn't finding his footing yet, first year in, and he's been out of the loop, and we re-sign him, which, again, I thought was great. Gets a torn ACL, is out for the season. What does this mean for the Giants? So the Giants are always going to be in the spotlight, obviously, because they're in New York, and that's a team a lot of people want to see succeed, and it's a lot. It's a team that is seen to be a team that one piece, one piece gets put in there. And they're playoff contenders. Then they lose Odell Beckham Jr. to the Browns. You know, we get a couple things out of it. We also lose Olivier Vernon, who was also traded to the Browns to get an offensive lineman. So moves here and there. Odell Beckham Jr. was very questionable as a wide receiver um, to be exchanged, especially after Dave Gettleman said, quote unquote, we didn't sign Odell to trade him. So that was false. And... What this means for the Giants is, can you trust a guy like Dave Gettleman uh, as your GM? And with such a small sample size we've gotten so far, we've gotten a lot of action and a lot of decisions that have been made that a lot of the fans aren't really happy about. So what that means is, we're going to have to see what decisions Dave Gettleman does now with his wide receiver core. Because you had one of the best wide receivers in the league. You lose him, and now you lose all your basically your whole wide receiver core. And who knows if Golden Tate even gets um, that appeal you know, re- reversed and he actually gets to play in the regular season. We don't know. And he's also playing Eli. And speaking of Eli, as a quarterback, he has a backup who was picked sixth in the NFL draft, who a lot may say, a lot of people may say, he wasn't supposed to be picked sixth overall let let alone in the first round at all and so now we have to wait for this guy to come through his name is Daniel Jones by the way I'm sure you've heard of him especially after being drafted um we're gonna have to see how this guy comes around and we don't know when we'll see him play maybe the Giants will go oh and whatever and eventually we'll get to see him but it's not going to be until the end of the regular season until we see him anyway so the Giants are in trouble and what I wanted to get to was, you know, oh, this this Odell thing, okay? And this Odell thing is, you know, it's it's carrying on a bit much, isn't it? Like now, this GQ thing came out with Odell Beckham Jr. saying how he made the he made he made the Giants popular. He gave them Monday night games and and um, you know Monday night football games, and like he put them in the spotlight and. He's still talking about his team after the fact he was already traded. He's getting accumulated with the Browns, and yet he is still talking about the Giants getting rid of him. So he's being a little petty, yes. But this isn't a GQ magazine interview. This wasn't in a press conference or anything in front of reporters. This is for a GQ magazine. So this comes out, and obviously the Giants have to react. So... Eli Manning comes out and says, you kind of just have to laugh at that whole thing. Mainly because we've won, he says, quote unquote, we've won games when you weren't here. And he has, yes, he does have two Super Bowl rings. 
but we haven't been successful in a very long time. And last time we were successful was with Ben McAdoo when we had the easiest schedule in the league, and we go 11-5, and five, we make the playoffs, and boom, we're out right away. That's the last thing that's happened, where we've actually been successful. But Odell has only really achieved reaching records as of, as for the for his age and being very young and reaching these records the fastest but what has he really accomplished this is really the point in his career where he's going to have to accomplish a lot and you know bashing your former team isn't really a good start for that and listen i respect odell 100% i honestly wish he was still a giant and you know yes a main reason why he got traded was because of how outspoken he was and what he says about the team and how emotional he is. But you really like that grit in a wide receiver. But now he's with the Browns, and he's still talking about his his former team, even though he's now with Jarvis Landry, Baker Mayfield, and it's a whole revamped team starting from scratch, trying to make it to a playoff, playoff game, I should say, because they haven't made one in a very long time. And... I don't know, man. Uh, I just, I'm just not sure why Odell had to come out and say that. It's, it's very head, it's very head scratching, I should say. But you know, it happened already. Hopefully, during the season, this doesn't have to be an issue. The Giants really need to focus on themselves. The Browns need to focus on themselves, and hopefully, this passes over. And one last thing I wanted to add: Baker Mayfield came out and also talked about it, just to kind of back up his teammate. He wasn't saying anything bad about the Giants. It was mostly him defending his teammate and I can respect that that's fine but I would really like the Giants to kind of lay low this year they're not going to do great there's a lot of expectations out of them so it's hard for them to be out of the spotlight considering they're New York but the Browns are also in the spotlight which they haven't been in a very long time because they've been losing games 1-15 0-16 seasons and now they have all these new players there's no reason why they shouldn't have an above 500 record and their, their schedule coming into the season isn't easy. It's going to be very difficult for them. So they should kind of focus on themselves a little bit. And I know they are, and but we're going to see a lot of that coming out of Odell, unfortunately. But again, these two teams eventually have to put it together. And that's the news, mostly for the Giants. Let's jump into the rest of the league, shall we? So the most recent out of everything, um, which happened today, uh, <laughs> this actually is going to touch upon... Uh, the Giants a little more, just a little bit. Um, the New Orleans Saints released wide receiver Cameron Meredith, um, who's 26 years old. He appeared in six games for the Saints last season and hauled in nine receptions for 114 yards and a touchdown. The Saints will save $1.4 million in cap space by releasing Meredith while taking on $2.75 million in dead money. So the Saints kind of did this as a salary cap move, which is which makes sense because he did tear his ACL you know, leaving the Bears, and he comes to the Saints for a season. Not much usage going on there. Again, they have guys like Michael Thomas, and they have other guys that could use. They got Kamara, who needs to be fed. They had Mark Ingram before he was he signed with the uh, the Baltimore Ravens. So a lot of mouths to feed. Cam Meredith wasn't getting his his uh, you know his fair share. But the Giants come up again in this conversation because. They're looking to sign a wide receiver now, and they're kind of desperate at this point, but a lot of teams are also looking for wide receivers, so immediately people are pointing to the New York Giants and saying, sign this guy, sign this guy, sign this guy. This may not happen immediately. Cam Meredith may not even come to the Giants at all. He may not even get a workout because recent news came out that Kelvin Benjamin, who supposedly was going to work out with the Giants, ended up not working out with the Giants, and he wasn't, you know, there's supposedly rumors that he wasn't even planning on going to the workout. So this is already bad as it is considering Kelvin Benjamin hasn't had the best career um, since his injuries with Carolina, you know, especially with his weight as a wide receiver. And, you know, he gets a lot of slack for that. But, you know, he ends up going to the Bills, doesn't do great because the Bills just aren't a great team. And the Giants can't even get a wide receiver who has all this baggage to come over here. So that's already bad news as it is. But hopefully Cam Meredith can find his footing. I really like him. I liked him on the Bears. Um, him and Alshon Jeffrey were on the same team. Now it's a whole different team. So hopefully Cam Meredith kind of can kind of find a fresh new start because again, like I mentioned before, this guy's 26 years old. He's got years left on him. He's not even in his prime yet. Um, so we'll see what happens with him. So even bigger news: uh, an MRI revealed that Bengals wide receiver AJ Green has torn ligaments in his left ankle and is likely to be sidelined for six to eight weeks. 
Uh, Green is not expected to be ready for the regular season opener at Seattle, so he will be missing the regular season. So this is unfortunate for a guy like A.J. Green, who has made a big impact on the Bengals. Um, He's a big name for them, um, considering that the Bengals don't move the needle year in and year out, um, especially for that division in general, let alone a team. Because now you have the Browns, like I mentioned before, who are totally revamped. Um, Those guys are going to look to make a positive impact on, you know, the NFL and you could see that a team can come out from the bottom and work their way towards the top. We have yet to see that, so let's not jump ahead of ourselves. But then we have the Steelers, who are monsters year in and year out, who are one of the the best teams in the league and take that division by storm each and every year. Sometimes it's a head-to-head matchup with the Ravens, but you know the Ravens have their own issues. Then the Ravens, like I mentioned a second ago, who have Lamar Jackson, who is officially their full-time quarterback, and they have a whole new system going on there. He's going to be running the ball 18 times a game. Who knows? Um, but, and they also made the playoffs this year. I mean, the, the year before, and they're making a positive impact and going back to the Bengals, they're looking as if, and they're projected to be last in that division in general. So we're going to have to see what happens with them. Losing AJ green is huge. Andy Dolan gets a lot of slack for being a quarterback who is mainly neutral. He doesn't take the next step. He throws a lot of interceptions. We can go on and on about Andy Dalton, but his game isn't awful. When he can make plays, he'll make plays. He doesn't get credit for him. And they have a guy in Tyler Boyd who signed a contract extension um, just a couple weeks ago. So that's a huge help. Um, Whether or not A.J. Green is there, uh, Tyler Boyd um, is a pretty good option to have. Uh, And also, we're looking to see John Ross take the next step, a guy who has the record for the fastest 40 um, in NFL history, um, has been plagued by injuries and... He hasn't been really taking the next step. He would have two receptions for 19 yards and a touchdown some games. We really want to see some usage come out of this guy. So he officially has a fresh start. I think he's changing his number just to even more indicate that he wants a fresh start, even though he's been on the team um, for a couple years now. He wants to really start fresh. So that's an indicator that um, that's an option. But here's the thing. For the Bengals, um, they have a lot of work to do. So considering that their defense – um, has lost a couple guys, and Burfick leaves, and he goes to the Raiders. Maybe this is a whole culture change. Zach Taylor is their new head coach. We're really going to have to see what happens and, if, and see if Andy Dalton's you know, system fits with Zach Taylor. Again, he is um, he was a quarterback's coach for the Rams, so maybe that's a help, but not everyone is Sean McVay. Um, hopefully, A.J. Green will come back healthy and better than ever because he is literally top five wide receivers in the league when he is healthy. Um, so moving on here, uh, we have Antonio Brown. So the Oakland Raiders activated wide receiver Antonio Brown off the non-football injury list. Um, he started training camp on the football injury list, um, due to a minor health issue, but will return to practice passing his physical. So he is officially back on the field. Um, I believe he came into training camp in a hot air balloon, which Antonio Brown tends to make an entrance each and every year. It's Antonio Brown. He is a character. He's a fun guy, cool dude. And, you know, this just kind of gets me excited for Hard Knocks coming up in August because we have a team that is revamped also, but same coach, same quarterback, new wide receivers, new defense, new offensive linemen, and we already have Richie Incognito who's suspended uh, for, I think, two games or four games. I don't remember the exact number. I really want to see this all, you know, come together and hopefully a team can have somewhat of success. But when I see Hard Knocks, I want to see all these downtimes and all the negatives and see what's going on behind closed doors so we could see if this team will really succeed moving forward because, you know, John Gruden doesn't really have the best reputation as a head coach. Yes, he's won a championship. Yes, he is one of the more recognizable coaches in the league. That's because he's a character, but he's also, to me, a pretty good coach. But he's known as a coach that doesn't make the right decisions, especially getting rid of Khalil Mack. So I would love to see in hard knocks why these decisions were why these decisions were made all these new faces get along with each other or not get along with each other to see what's really happening and John Gruden earlier this year said he did not want to be on hard knocks whatsoever so this should be fun him being around all these cameras he is pretty good on the camera he used to be in the booth right before he went back to coaching so he will be a character to watch uh, moving forward here we talked Giants we talked AJ Green. Uh, 49ers linebacker Kwan, uh, Kwan, Kwan Alexander, um, who had an ACL tear the year before, who signed a new contract with the 49ers. 
has been medically cleared and will start training camp on the active roster. Uh, Kyle Shanahan addressed the media on Friday and said that they will ease Alexander into a full workload. Mind you, ACL tears are nothing to be messed around with because you can re-tear very easily with lateral movements and uh, cutting and such. Um, then he said we'll definitely ease him in. Uh, we don't expect him to play early in those preseason games. I think he did it in October. Uh, I think he did it in October and had surgery in November. Uh, he looks great. Uh, he's been here in the offseason working out and rehabbing, but anyone coming off an injury like that, especially at his position as late as it was, um, he's a little later than Jarek McKinnon and Jimmy Garoppolo, will definitely ease him in, end quote. That's what Shanahan said. Alexander, who is 24 years old, only 24, who received that brand-new contract. Uh, he started six games for the Buccaneers last season and recorded 45 total tackles, six tackles for a loss, one sack, two forced fumbles, and two pass defenses. He suffered a torn ACL in Week 7 and was placed on the injured reserve, so it's been a while since he's been um, injured, and also he's gone through the rehab, he's gone through the surgery, and 49ers signed Alexander to a four-year, $54 million contract on March 13th. So a guy as talented as Quan Alexander goes through this, and he is looking to ease his way back in. And to, as a, <laughs> for the 49ers, they should really look into these ACL tears and really ease their guys in um, as slowly as they can, like Shanahan mentioned before. Because you have a guy like Jarek McKinnon, who you signed to a massive deal. I think it was a $40 million deal for like four years or something like that. And Jimmy Garoppolo, your guy who you paid to be one of the highest paid wide receivers in the league. Oh, wide receivers. Quarterbacks in the league. Excuse me. And all these guys tear their ACL. You really want to be careful with them coming in because all these guys are talented. And I mean all of them. Jarek McKinnon. And the sample size we've seen from Jimmy Garoppolo, whenever he's been playing, he has been successful. Um, early on last season, he wasn't too great, especially in that Vikings game. Um, and then Quan Alexander, who's a very talented guy, and you pay him this money. You want to make, you want to get your money's worth. You got to make sure these guys are healthy coming into the season. Quan Alexander is a phenomenal player. Jarek McKinnon can be explosive, and Jimmy Garoppolo is those last couple weeks of that of the season two years ago when he was performing extremely well, um, undefeated, I think, for like five games and really changed the culture over there for, for the 49ers and having hope in a quarterback instead of being a laughing stock of the league. Uh, it's a very good thing to see him out there moving with the knee brace and just make sure these guys are healthy, man. I want to see all these guys play. The 49ers have talent. They've drafted really well year in and year out. I don't want to see... Um, these guys get hurt again. I, I really want to see everyone perform all at once because um, these guys have been patient. Uh, Kyle Shanahan has performed very well in the draft. Their front office knows exactly who to draft. So I don't know, man. I just I, I really hope these guys are ready for the season because the 49ers, you, you could put them on the shelf all you want and wait for everyone to be healthy, but you definitely want to make sure they're healthy going into the season so that we could see them perform to the best of their ability. Anyway, moving on. Let's get to some big news here. So, excuse me, the Seattle Seahawks and linebacker Bobby Wagner, who is a 99 in Madden 20 this year, just had to add that in, have reached an agreement on a three-year, $54 million contract extension. Uh, Wagner is 29 years old. He is in the final year of his current four-year, $43 million contract and stands to make a base salary of $10.5 million for the 2019 season. He is now under team control through the 2022 season. Wagner started 15 games for the Seahawks last season and recorded 138 tackles, one interception, um, return for a touchdown, 11 pass breakups, one sack, two forced fumbles, and one recovery. So this guy's a baller. We all know that. Bobby Wagner is one of the best linebackers in the league. He is really one of the last guys in the Legion of Boom that has stuck around. It's really been his team ever since all that fell apart. And now he has a new deal. I'm so glad that he got that deal done because it's been a while. Um, that we've heard that he would be holding out for training camp, and now he's officially in full swing. He got his money. Now he's ready to be with the team. Um, I think the Seahawks are really doing everything right here. Hopefully that defense could stay afloat because we know that um, the Seahawks tend to, you know, have exactly who they need but eventually lose, the, lose their players later on again. You know, um, 
Richard Sherman, who eventually tore his Achilles, signed a deal with the 49ers, who I mentioned before, and he signs a massive deal with them, and they lose Frank Clark um, because he was going to hold out due to him being franchise tagged, and we know um, how you know we feel about <laughs> uh, players getting the franchise tag because guys like Le- Le'Veon Bell know their worth, and they do not want to sign that tag for another year and not be guaranteed another deal the following year because if you get hurt, you will not receive that deal. So Frank Clark goes to the Chiefs, which I believe is a very good fit. But keeping Bobby Wagner is an extreme move for the Seahawks. That's exactly what they should have done. Um, and I'm excited to see him coming into coming into this uh, new NFL season. Next on the list, we got the Detroit Lions officially signing former Packers defensive tackle Mike Daniels to a one-year $9.1 million contract worth $7.8 million, fully guaranteed. Uh, mind you, he was released from the Packers just a couple days ago, and now he gets signed to a division rival in the Detroit Lions. It was a move that was really questionable by the Packers, but you could tell why that move was being made due to the fact that uh, the Packers' intent was to free up cap space, and that's exactly what they needed to do. Doing it for like get do it, but doing it by getting rid of Mike Daniels was pretty questionable. And now he's playing against a div- with a division rival, like I mentioned before. That's tough, and I think he's really going to be perfor- he's going to be performing very well with the Detroit Lions because they have snacks, um, they have Trey Flowers who is currently injured, but he'll be back and he'll be f- healthy for the season. Now you got Mike Daniels. That defensive front is no joke, and I, I think it was a great signing. Getting that seven point eight million goal- fully guaranteed for that one year is pretty solid. Um, he is up there in age um, in the NFL, but. I think that dude's got some talent in him. He's a likable guy from Jersey. Um, so, so that's even more of a bias of me liking him. But, um, yeah, so now the Packers are going to have to deal with that twice a year. He's going to have some revenge games, and I love seeing a revenge game. And Mike Daniels, good luck to you, man. Uh, being on the Lions, that's a big move. And especially since I cover the Lions for Michigan Sports and Entertainment, that's even more huge. Uh, but moving forward here, we have... Uh, the Rams, they're uh, extending um, head coach Sean McVay and GM's Les, GM Les Sneed, I think Sneed, hopefully it's, it's pronounced that. Um, he, uh, They were both um, extended through the 2023 season, um, and, they will, and the Rams will continue to solidify their future as they prepare to move into their new stadium. So this is a phenomenal move. Sean McVay, obviously an offensive guru. He's a quarterback guru. And he knows exactly what he's doing and keeping their GM who has seen success with this team from absolute failure to full on success. Getting Sean McVay on board was a big part um, of the success of the Rams last year, even though they lost in the Super Bowl. These guys should not be forgotten about. They're a force to be reckoned with. And now solidifying the futures of these guys, um, they'll have enough you know, time to focus on their team in general without having to worry about any outside factors. So, very solid move by the Rams, now solidifying those guys and keeping them in-house uh, for another couple years. Fantastic move. So despite not getting a new deal, Chiefs defensive tackle Chris Jones, who is a phenomenal defensive tackle, is not holding out and is reporting to camp on time, um, which is a pretty good thing. Uh, there's rumors around the league that he's an extremely, extremely nice guy. And he does not tend to hold a grudge over these things. I think he will eventually get his new deal with the Chiefs. But here's a quote. He knows his value. And if he has to play out um, his deal in order to reach free agency, then that's what he'll do for now. He's focused on winning a Super Bowl in Kansas City, which could be possible. But you want to make sure guys like Chris Jones stays in-house and he gets that new deal. Because, yes, you give that goes those new deals to the Honey Badger, and you give those new deals to Frank Clark because you lost D Ford, but keeping Chris Jones, who is a very focal point of that defensive front, um, will help you get to that Super Bowl. So you definitely don't want to let him slip through your hands. Chris Jones, again, like I said, phenomenal player. Keep him on the team. He'll help you a lot. But let's jump into an offensive lineman. So, the Redskins' offensive lineman Eric Flowers is working as the starting left tackle in Trent Williams' absence. Redskins head coach Jay Gruden initially listed Flowers as the starting left guard 
before training camp. But Williams holding out has changed the team's plan for now. The Redskins are hosting veteran Donald Penn for a visit. Um, I think they already did that already. So if they can move Flowers back to guard, they could move Flowers back to guard if they sign Penn. So this is a big deal for the Redskins, okay? Um, In the NFC East, a very, very, very common issue is offensive linemen. Even with the Cowboys, who have one of the best offensive lines in the league, have their injury concerns, and then you have the Giants who haven't put together an offensive line in almost a couple years now, and the Redskins who have a guy like Trent Williams who has had issues with the training staff and you know the front office overall, is now holding out for a new deal, and it looks to me he may not play for the Redskins ever again. Eric Flowers has been with the Giants previously, and from the fan base perspective and reactions overall, it looks to me that he isn't a fan favorite, and I'm sure the Redskins think so as well, knowing what they've seen um, the past couple years since he was drafted in 2015, I believe, and playing the Giants twice a year really puts in perspective uh, how you really saw this guy play. So that's what's going on with the Redskins right now. Uh, let's jump into some Zeke Elliott news. So I mentioned it before in a different standpoint, but he's got some contractual issues going on right now. An update as of recently, the Cowboys running back Ezekiel Elliott remains away from the team as he and the team continue contract talks. According to, um, Josina Anderson, according to Anderson, both sides are working towards something. Although no deal is considered imminent at this time, Anderson also notes that the Cowboys and Elliott have made progress in negotiations since Thursday, um, as of three days ago. Elliott, who is 24, is looking for a contract extension that would exceed Todd Gurley's $14.37 million annual salary. Um, Elliott did not fly with the team to Oxnard, California, um, and it's still unknown if he will report for the start of training camp um, I don't think he's showing up. In all honesty, um, I think he's going to hold out till he gets that new deal. But mind you, the Cowboys have a lot of players who are looking for some new deals. They just gave money to Demarcus Lawrence, which was well-deserved, because he was going to hold out of training camp since he was franchise tag for the second year in a row. He gets that new deal. Great. Keep that defense. Um, but now you have a guy like Zeke who has dealt with off-the-field issues and wants his money. He's really not in the best position to get that money, but he knows his talent well enough that he's going to get that money. And uh, as of right now, no deal has been in place. And like I mentioned before, they're in contract talks, but who knows what's going on behind closed doors. And you can't forget about their quarterback, Dak Prescott, who is looking to get a brand new deal. He's looking to be one of the highest paid quarterbacks in the league. And I mention this all the time. He's next guy up. He's the next guy up to set that new market. It looks to me that both Zeke and Dak are going to be getting new deals and setting new markets for the both uh, both respective positions. And if that happens, these guys are going to be in deep trouble with their salary cap, and they're not going to be willing to pay. They're not going to be willing to pay Amari Cooper. But who knows? It's whether or not. Zeke is going to get paid first, or Amari Cooper. I don't think Amari Cooper is going to get the biggest contract in the world. It was more of a prove-it year coming into this year and really accumulating himself to the team. But Amari Cooper supposedly can wait out for a new contract, which is a good sign. But now you got to deal with these two guys. And if if it were me, I think paying the quarterback first and foremost is everything. Zeke is a phenomenal player, but I hear this all the time. You have if when there's teams like the Patriots who trade and sign new quarterbacks, uh, not quarterbacks, running backs every year, and they finally solidify a guy in Sony Michelle who will probably be there for a few years and eventually be out. They already won a Super Bowl with him. Great. And you have a guy in Rex Burkhead, James White, who's done it for a few years now. Great. That's not a guy like Saquon Barkley or Todd Gurley or Melvin Gordon, who we'll mention later, who's also in contract disputes. He's not a guy like Zeke. You know, these aren't top-tier running backs. And yes, Sonny Michel is a first-round pick, but he was injured week in and week out. And at the end of the day, they win a Super Bowl with all these these three guys alternating, and they don't have to spend money on that position. And now running backs wish to get their brand-new deals um, because they know that their worth is in place to be 
to get those new deals. And it is really up to the team to make those decisions to give them that contract. But it's now a narrative nowadays to give those guys their money because they'll end up like Le'Veon Bell holding out for a whole season just so he can become a free agent and get his money elsewhere. Whether or not he gets the money he desired in the first place, he would like to get his money um, to the extent that he is content with it. And he got that with the Jets. So overall, that's the new narrative for running back. Zeke will eventually get paid. Who knows when? We'll keep you posted. Um, but as of right now, he is not reporting to training camp. So let's talk about the Texans for a minute. Like I mentioned before, um, at the deadline, Jadavian Clowney did not come to an agreement with the Texans to get his brand new contract. So he'll become an unrestricted free agent. Um, and right now they're dealing with some you know, grievance issues, you know, listing him as a linebacker and defensive end. I won't get into that, but the Houston Texans are dealing with some issues with other players um, and injuries. So the Texans activated wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins um, from the physically unable to play list. So he is back in action. J.J. Watt, I think, just came off the list as well. Um but these are some good signs, especially. Mind you, the Houston Texans do not have a GM, and they'll be moving forward without one this upcoming season. Um, so hopefully they can put that together somehow, and that's some big issues going on in their front office. You want to have a GM in there. The Jets solved their issues after the draft, but they got it done. They got a new GM. And I don't think the Texans having a G- not having a GM is their best move, especially considering... Um, that they got in trouble trying to get um, someone in the Patriots organization to come over and be their GM and a bunch of tampering issues have been in place and not looking good, not looking good for the Texans. We'll have to see what happens with them this season. They still got guys who eventually need to get their money and a bunch of guys that need to be changed out of their positions, but we'll see all this come into fruition later on. While you may think that history is, eh, vaguely interesting, the truth is it's fun and metal AF. Echoes of the past are still reverberating through our world today, and Body Count is here to show you how our shared history affects your life on the daily. Whether you know it or not, so, are you past the point of higher education? Feel like you didn't learn anything from your high school history teacher? Or just didn't give a flying crap about it? Are you tired of always missing out on the yellow history pie piece and trivial pursuit? Are you the horror of all your friends' game nights? Did you once proudly announce that Napoleon Bonaparte was a super short little nutsack? When in reality, he was an average-sized nutsack. Have you been thinking about living under a faulty dam? Or perhaps an active volcano? (laughs) Well, we have good news. It's not too late for you or your homeowner's insurance. Come on over and listen to Body Count, the podcast that explores death and disaster through the ages with only one rule. Someone, or usually a lot of someone's, dies. Because history doesn't repeat itself, it rhymes. A proud member of the MSE Podcast Network. Now let's jump into some Melvin Gordon talk. Like I mentioned before, Zeke is holding out for a brand new contract, as well as Melvin Gordon, who is on the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, While the two sides have exchanged proposals in recent days, Melvin Gordon's holdout is now expected to be prolonged and threatens uh, to last into the season. Per sources, uh, in Gordon's absence, the Chargers will be relying on Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson and Detrez Newsom to hold up the workload. So mind you, those aren't some big names. But Austin Eckler has some talent. And he can perform very well, but it looks to me that he has a better dynamic with Melvin Gordon in the game. He wants a brand new deal. There was a video that came out a while ago seeing that Le'Veon Bell was holding out, and he said he would do the same if he wasn't getting a new deal. And Melvin Gordon threatened to uh, demand a trade and hold out of training camp if he does not get a new deal, and that's exactly what he's doing. So what exactly would you do with these two running backs? And this is a really big part of the podcast because... We mention it every year. It's really next guy up. And I think Melvin Gordon, even if you aren't as good as Zeke or you're not as good as guys like Saquon Barkley, who was coming off a rookie season, but eventually he's going to have to get his money um, after the next couple years or so. And then you have Le'Veon Bell, who 
just got his money with the Jets because he held out. So due to his actions, he still ended up getting his money anyway. If it had to be with a different team, he'll do it, and that's exactly what he did. So what would you pay Melvin Gordon and Zeke Elliott? I would give Melvin Gordon his money, and I would give Zeke his money. Why? Because those guys have been holding up your franchise for a very long time. Mind you, Philip Rivers, who has been on and off year in and year out, has been performing very well the past couple years due to Melvin Gordon opening that up. Melvin Gordon had to develop as a running back. He can catch out of the backfield now. He can you know, run the ball very well. He's a phenomenal player. So to me as a Chargers, if I were the Chargers, I would pay Melvin Gordon right away. He really opens everything up for that offense. Keenan Allen comes back. He has the year of his life and other guys are really starting to open up and you know, open up space on the field and make plays and you got Mike Williams who's really coming together too and he's going to get more work this season. And that's due to Melvin Gordon being able to catch out of the backfield, run out of the backfield and open up space for those guys. For Zeke, however, if you have to pay another guy first, I would pay the other guy first. But if you have the money to pay Zeke right now, I would do it, but again, a guy like Melvin Gordon you would pay first due to the fact that he's a great guy off the field. He doesn't get in any trouble. Zeke, however, still has to find his way in this league to behave off the field. Mind you, the guy's only 24 years old. I'm 21 years old, three years older than me. He's getting all this money. He's playing the game he loves, and if you're that young, you're going to do some stupid things. I think he's going to mature when the time comes, you know, when he finally wakes up and knows that this is a big opportunity for him to make some big money, and he missed out on it. But I think he's going to get his money eventually. I think Dak's going to get it first. Melvin Gordon should be paid immediately. That guy is just a phenomenal player. It just raises the question, why do running backs want this money? And it's pretty much an easy answer, and that's because if these guys get hurt, they miss out on that money, and this raises the big question for the NFL, have guaranteed contracts. If you're able to have a guy for three years on a guaranteed deal, whether he gets hurt or not, you give that guy his money, and if you don't want him after those three years or two years, then you can get rid of him because you already paid out that contract. With a contract that's either front-loaded or back-loaded, you're going to have to ride that thing out till the end. So if a guy gets torn ACLs year in and year out, or hurt wrists or hurt elbows, whatever, it's going to be an issue if they don't get their money because they're going to hold out and they don't care about the team's success in that moment in particular. Not to say that Melvin Gordon or Zeke Elliott don't care about their team's success. They do, but they also have to think about themselves for a minute. This isn't high school football. This isn't college football. We're talking money here. These guys want to be paid. They're looking to get their payday and now they're really in full control over the team in this day and age because they're able to hold out and they're able to um, show that, hey, I'm worth this amount because of what I've done for your team. And if and eventually they'll get their money. You know, Le'Veon Bell has really pioneered that ship for a very long time. He gets franchise tagged year in and year out. So I'm trying to go to this other team to get my money because someone else will. If you guys will not, someone else will. So I'll leave it there for the running back talk. Eventually, in upcoming episodes, I'll probably talk about it a bit more. I'll keep you guys posted on what happens with Zeke and Melvin Gordon. But in the meantime, let's talk some more football. Uh, former Jaguars and Cowboys wide receiver Alan Hearns is signing with the Dolphins on a one-year deal worth up to $3 million. Um, Alan Hearns was unfortunately um, released by the Cowboys due to um, his injuries. I think they re-upped him to a new contract, but I'll read the full update for you here. Hearns is 27. He appeared in all 16 games for the Cowboys last season and hauled in 20 receptions for 295 yards and two touchdowns. He suffered a dislocated ankle on the wild card round versus the Seahawks and was placed on the injured reserve uh, January 8th. Um, so you get rid of a guy like that. He goes to the Dolphins. If he is fully healthy, we've seen this guy. He's seen this guy. Guy's potential. Uh, when he was with the Jacksonville Jaguars, um, side by side with um, Allen Robinson, who is now in the Bears, those guys were pretty much balling out with guys like, you know, Blake Bortles and uh, Dak Prescott, who was coming off a pretty bad season. And I feel like 
if they really put it together over there and Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, the way he plays since he's later in his career can throw the ball carelessly, not carelessly, but won't be afraid to throw interceptions. It's kind of 50-50 balls. And if Josh Rosen can put it together and eventually take Ryan Fitzpatrick's job, then that'll be a good thing because he has a fresh start also. So two guys with fresh starts, if you give Josh Rosen his opportunity with weapons and a place where his expectations are a little lower, new head coach also over there, and he doesn't have to deal with a defensive-minded head coach um, and a probably a better offensive line, I would say, considering the Cardinals had one of the worst offensive lines in the league, um, he's in a pretty good spot. So I'm glad to see Alan Hearns back on a team. Hopefully that dislocated ankle won't come to hurt him later on while he's with um, the 49ers. All right. So uh, the Green Bay Packers uh, signed former Jaguars running back Corey Grant. Um Let's see more updates here. The Los Angeles Chargers have not ruled out the possibility of re-signing veteran tight end Antonio Gates, so he may be back as well. Um, off, uh, let's see here. The Pittsburgh Steelers placed uh, outside linebacker TJ Watt on the active slash physically unable to perform list, so we'll see if he gets healthy. We'll keep you posted on that. Uh, let's see, some more news here. Uh, Bosa, Nick Bosa, agreed to um, a four-year deal worth $33.55 million with the 49ers on a rookie contract. Uh, the Niners also um, came to terms with wide receiver Debo Samuel, their second-round pick in this year's draft, um, to a four-year contract. Uh, Quinn and Williams also signed his rookie contract. They came to agreement on a four-year contract that includes a fifth-year option. Um, so he will not hold out. Uh, let's see what else here. Same old stuff. Yep, I mentioned Taylor Luan. I'm just seeing if anything is missing here. Oh, Mike Tomlin was signed to a one-year extension with Pittsburgh, so this is really like a do-or-die season for him. They're keeping him in Pittsburgh um, through at least the 2021 season, um, so that's a good thing. He was hired in 2007, so he's been here for a while, but he's been on the hot seat, um, especially with Le'Veon Bell and A.B., um, both um, eventually leaving their team um, with the Steelers to go to the Jets and the Raiders. But now with the distractions away, I think this would be a great thing for him. Maybe we'll get an extension later on. Um, but now we can really focus on Big Ben and his wide receivers and Juju um, and James Washington and James Conner, who has really put it together last season in the absence of Antonio Brown. Speaking of the Steelers as well, the Steelers are discussing contract extension. Are discuss are discussing a contract extension for cornerback Joe Hayden. Um, Hayden is thirty. He's entering the final year of his three-year, twenty-seven million dollar contract and stands to make a base salary of ten million for the twenty nineteen season. He's scheduled to become an unrestricted free free agent in March of twenty twenty. In twenty eighteen, Hayden started. 15 games are recorded, 63 tackles, two interceptions, 12 pass defenses, and one forced fumble. So if they could somehow get an extension out of him, that would be a great move. He's performed extremely well for the uh, Steelers up to this point. Uh, Saints wide receiver Michael Thomas is in uh, a search of a new deal. It still has not yet been reported to the team's training facility. Um, no practice until uh, Friday. This is four days ago. Um, Saints and Thomas have negotiated for weeks but without a deal, he has not reported um, to camp um, with the rest of the team so far. He is looking to be the highest paid wide receiver in the league, deser and uh, deservingly so. They just got to negotiate a deal that works well for him. Supposedly, he is not going to be taking uh, no less than $19 million. I think they offered him the $19 million and he's not taking it. So he really wants that 20 to $22 million per year, and he may actually get it. So let's read more into this for a little bit. He didn't report to the start of training camp, like I said before. The Saints have been in contract talks with Thomas's agent for the last couple weeks. Uh, both sides have failed to make progress on a new deal. The Saints are reportedly offering Thomas a long-term deal worth 18 to 19 million per year, like I said before. But Thomas is seeking at least 20 million per year. Thomas is 26 years old. He's in the final year of his four-year 
one million dollar rookie contract and stands to make a base salary of one point one four million for the twenty nineteen season. He is scheduled to become an unrestricted free agent uh, in March of twenty twenty. Thomas started all. 16 games for the Saints last season and hauled in a career-high 125 receptions for 1,400 yards, which is also a career-high, and nine touchdowns. In two playoff starts, Thomas caught 16 passes for 207 yards and one touchdown. This guy is a stud top to bottom. The Saints, I believe, will get this deal done. Hopefully, Michael Thomas will come to terms on a deal. I don't think they're going to get that $20 million mark. I think they're going to keep it at $19 million, and he's not going to reject it. He's going to want to stay and play with Drew Brees until his career ends. And I believe when Teddy Bridgewater is ready to go after you know Drew Brees is done with his career, they'll be just fine. Um, so I don't think Michael Thomas is going anywhere anytime soon. Hopefully, he doesn't hold out much, much longer, and he gets that deal done because you really want to see this guy play coming into the season. And I think they'll get that deal done. I'm very confident they will also. And let's see, moving forward here. And I'm almost caught up in everything from last week. Uh, Delaney Walker will begin training camp on the active roster, which is good after coming off the uh, broken ankle last season. Uh, Titans and uh, safety... Kevin Byard reached an agreement of a five-year, $70.5 million contract that includes $31 million in guarantees. Byard, who has the same agent as Landon Collins and Earl Thomas, now have the highest-paid um, safety contracts in NFL history, which is a phenomenal thing. These guys are getting their money, and he um, well is, is well-deserved of that money uh, for the way he's been performing. Same with Landon Collins and Earl Thomas, who didn't receive his money from the Seahawks, which he was wishing to get, and he reported to... Um, the team before the season started and eventually had that gruesome injury and now he is a Baltimore Raven who received his money which is a great thing and the fact that these guys are getting their money is very good for them in their careers securing their their money and making sure that they get their part for what they've done um, for their teams respectively. Uh, Redskins running back Darius Geis hamstring will begin training camp on the active roster. Uh, he tweaked his hamstring, and as you guys know, with hamstr- with uh, torn ACLs and you sitting out in a knee- in a brace on your leg, the whole entire nine months that you're trying to recover, that your hamstring isn't really moving that much. And uh, from experience of me tearing my ACL, if you're not moving your hamstring, it tends to get tight when you're doing those lateral movements. Um, over and over and over again and even the littlest movement can tweak it so hopefully we see Darius Geis back especially since I had him on my fantasy team last year and that was before preseason started which is a rookie mistake because he eventually was out for the season so unrestricted free agent running back Jay Ajayi was fully cleared today um, which was five days ago um, by Dr. James Andrews in uh in Florida, Ajayi is ready to go for a running back needy team. So any teams looking for a running back, Jay Ajayi is a phenomenal running back. Um, he was a fifth-round pick. He had issues with that knee cartilage um, thing going on, um, and people were concerned that his health would be very worrisome, which it is because he eventually got his ACL torn when he was with the Eagles. But he is a Super Bowl champion. He performed extremely well with the Dolphins and before getting traded to the Eagles. And now he's ready for a new team um, to get him signed. So hopefully he gets a contract soon. Um, Panthers quarterback Cam Newton, uh, who has had a uh, shoulder issues uh, as of last year, has been cleared for training camp, which is a very good sign. Um, Panthers head coach Ron Rivera told reporters that Newton will be on the pitch count early on, but said he is ready to roll. Newton is 30 is in his fourth year of his five-year $103.8 million contract and stands to make a uh, make base salaries of $16.2 million and $18.6 million over his final two years of that agreement. Um, in 2018, Newton started 14 games for the Panthers and threw 3,395 yards, 24 touchdowns, and 13 interceptions to go along with 67.9 completion percentage. He also rushed for 488 yards on 101 carries, which is 4.8 yards per carry and four scores. So hopefully we see see Cam Newton come back because the Panthers were having one of their better starts to their season ever since Super Bowl 
that Super Bowl 50 year when they were undefeated coming into the Super Bowl before losing to the Denver Broncos. And then you could really see that when Cam Newton got hurt, the team also got hurt following that. Uh, Falcons wide receiver Julio Jones' foot is 10 to 14 days away from being fully cleared for practice. Again, he's looking to have a new contract soon as well. Uh, The New England Patriots signed former Packers tight end Lance Kendricks. And the uh, the Patriots have really struggled to get a new tight end ever since the retirement of Rob Gronkowski. Um, They did end up getting that tight end, I forgot his name, from the Lions before not even using him two days later after a failed physical. And then they signed... um, Dang, why do I always forget his name? Anyway, they're struggling to get some tight ends. Um, Austin Safarian Jenkins is his name, sorry, and they ended up releasing him too, and now they have Lance Kendricks. Uh, Kendricks is 31, he was sentenced to six months of probation for possessing marijuana July 1st, he pleaded no contest to the misdemeanor charge and will have his charge dropped if he completes eight hours of community service. Kendricks was cited for marijuana possession after a September 2017 traffic stop. The NFL will review Kendricks' case to see if he violated the personal conduct policy Kendricks appeared in all 16 games for the Packers last season and caught 19 passes for 170 yards and a touchdown. So this could possibly be a good sign, possibly not. Um, Again, there's still rumblings that Rob Gronkowski may return at some point in the season. I find that more unlikely than anything, um, but you never know with the Patriots. So let's go to the Jaguars again. The Jacksonville Jaguars offered defensive end Yannick Ngakwe a short-term extension worth over $19 million per year. Uh, the Jaguars' offer to the Ngakwe would have netted him over $50 million over the first two years of the deal, but Ngakwe and his agent were asking for more. In results, both sides broke off negotiations on Tuesday. Ngakwe did not report to the start of training camp to, uh, today, which was five days ago, and will stay away until he gets an extension from the team. Ngakwe is in the final year of his four-year $3.48 million contract um, which is his rookie deal, and stands to make a base salary of $2.025 million. For the 2019 season, he is scheduled to become an unrestricted free agent in March of 2020, and Gakwe started all 16 games for the Jaguars last season and recorded 28 total tackles, 9.5 sacks, and one pass breakup. So this guy's a stud. Um, you really can't deny it. The Jaguars have one of the worst um, salary caps in the league as of right now, especially after signing... Uh, Nick Foles to that massive deal worth up to $88 million, I believe. And now they got some mouths to feed. And they paid Calais Campbell um, to a pretty solid deal. Telvin Smith will not be playing this year due to personal reasons. And Gakwe wants a new contract. And it's pretty tough for them considering that Jalen Smith, all, uh, Jalen Smith, Jalen Ramsey also wants a brand new contract. And also he showed up to camp in a Brinks truck. So that goes to show you that he's looking for his money soon. And they informed him that he will not be getting an extension this year. What makes them think Ngakwe will get his deal now? That'll just heat up Jalen Ramsey even more. I don't think he'll be getting his deal. I think they're going to try to keep it a short-term extension um, worth up a lot of money, but he really wants that massive extension to secure his place. Do you guys see a trend going on here? Not just um, running backs or, you know... Or, or, you know, linebackers or wide receivers, everyone wants to get their money, to secure their spot in this league, knowing that their time is short. And if they get their money now, they'll be well off when they leave and they'll perform even well, even better than they did before for the team. I mean, that's not guaranteed, but they'd rather get their money first and then play as hard as they can than do the opposite and play their hardest and not get their money risking injury so you honestly if you could see this trend going on here the NFL is shifting to a league where guys want their money first and then play second which you can't blame them for so more team news the Carolina Packers the Carolina Packers this podcast needs to end soon the Carolina Panthers and the number 16th overall pick uh, defensive end Brian Burns have agreed to terms on a four-year contract that includes a fifth-year option so he report to camp on time to sign his deal um, Duke Johnson will report to the start of training camp. I believe he recently was placed on the injured list. Um, I think uh, of tweaking an ankle or a lower body, um, lower body part. And Gakwe is holding out, like I mentioned before. We're catching up here on some news. 
the Buccaneers believe running back Peyton Barber is the front runner to win the starting job um, over Andre Ellington and Ronald Jones. And Ronald Jones, who didn't suit up for a lot of games last year, uh, Peyton Barber uh, signed a one-year deal worth up to $2.1 million uh, with the Buccaneers on March 13th, and he is scheduled to become an unrestricted free agent after this season. So we'll see how this all plays out for them. Rams wide receiver Cooper Cup, who tore his ACL, will begin training camp on the active roster, which is a great sign for them, a big weapon that they could have used in the Super Bowl and the playoffs. Um, let's see more here. Uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, again, they placed Marquise Lee on the physically unable to play list. Um, Travis Kelsey reported to camp, like I mentioned before, just kind of covering base here. Uh, let's uh, scroll down here. So I just wanted to mention, I'm looking at the Franchise Tag Sports Instagram page right now, and I give you guys updates from Pro Football Chase, who are a phenomenal Instagram page that posts updates all around the league. So I repost them, and I'm giving you my news from there. So if you haven't already, go ahead and follow uh, Franchise Tag Sports on Instagram. You won't regret it. Also, since I recorded this podcast today, I will be putting highlights and videos on the Instagram and the and uh, our YouTube page eventually um, to give you guys some brand new content. But as of right now, just to keep that page um, active, I have been posting uh, brand new uh, content and updates from training camp and things going on around the league. Because like I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, um, the NFL is officially in full swing, man, and training camp is underway, and the season will be coming very, very shortly. We have another month left, and we're going to see some preseason games and the Hall of Fame game coming up soon. Very, very exciting stuff. And on that note, I wanted to end the podcast here. And I wanted to thank you guys for listening to this episode because I know I've been gone for a very long time, but I'm officially back in full swing. I'm ready for the NFL season. I know I've said it a hundred times on this podcast, but you're going to be hearing that from me a lot more in the upcoming weeks. Um, Expect some new content coming out soon. Um, I will be having my friends on eventually to talk some more NFL, including Chris, Matt, and all the other guys. If you've listened to previous episodes, uh, make sure to follow the Franchise Tag uh, Pod Twitter account. So it's at Franchise Tag Pod. You'll get some new updates going on around the league. You'll get some new updates about this podcast and what's moving forward. Again, like I mentioned before, Franchise Tag Sports on the Instagram. Um, Go to Franchise Tag Sports Podcast on YouTube to find some videos. You'll see some old videos up there from previous podcasts. And you'll be seeing some new ones very soon. So make sure to go subscribe to that. And if you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening pod or you're listening to podcasts. And on Apple Podcasts, if you can leave a rating and review, I'd really appreciate it. it. Definitely shows some help. And I've seen you guys have been doing that ever since I have asked, and I very very much appreciate it. And let's see what else I have here. And yeah, wherever you stream your podcast, make sure to go listen to it on there. I appreciate your support, and that'll wrap it up here. See you guys next time.